And we do sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Thank you for joining us today. We wish you could be here with us, but we understand why you cannot. But we're glad you've joined us by live stream and by Facebook Live. And we pray today that you feel God's presence as we celebrate uh, his coming uh, into the world for the first time. Today we do, uh, it, it is our first Sunday of Advent, and we do celebrate hope today. First week of Advent, we do remember the gift of hope that we have in Christ. The prophets of Israel all spoke of, his, of the coming of Christ, of how a Savior would be born, a king in the mind of David, and they spoke of how he would rule the world wisely and bless all nations. As followers of Christ, we wait with hope for his return, and as we light this candle this As we think about that hope today, you join in the singing together of Come, Thou Long-Expected Jesus. as we continue in worship together. of mercy. 
interposed his precious blood. How your kindness yet pursues me, how your mercy never fails me, till the day that death shall lose me, I will sing, oh, I will
like to welcome you to this time of worship together and we can all agree that God is faithful and great is his faithfulness morning by morning new mercies we see all we have ever needed his hand hath provided great is his faithfulness and to all of us thank you so much for worshiping it's a beautiful day outside I pray that you can feel the presence of the Lord wherever you are worshiping with us today, but every week we have an opportunity where we can humble ourselves before an almighty God. We can lift up our praise and thanks and adoration, and we can lift up our worries, our fears, our sickness. We have so many folks within our church family and extended church family battling sickness and illness, folks who are grieving, people that are experiencing on top of everything else, a very difficult time. But at this time, I'm going to invite you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. May we pray together. Oh God, we can sing, great is thy faithfulness because you are faithful. You have been faithful. You are currently, presently faithful. And we know, Lord, you will be faithful to us in the future. And Lord, we come before you just adoring you and praising you and giving you all glory for you alone are worthy to be praised. And Father, we come asking that you would forgive me or forgive us of any sin that might hinder our prayer. Father, would you remove this sin as far as the east is from the west and remember our transgression no more. And Father, we come with grateful hearts. And Lord, I pray today that you would remove any fear or doubt, any worry or anxiety. And Father, bring a gentle peace that comes from faith and trust in Jesus. And God, today we have so many who are heavy on our hearts. We have many folks that are battling COVID right now. And Lord, we ask for your anointing to be upon them and your healing power. Father, there are folks who are in the hospital battling other health issues. We know you are the great healer and the great physician. And we pray for your anointing to be upon them and your healing touch. Father, there are folks in their homes, under hospice care. And we pray, oh God, for a miracle of healing 
and that your will would be done and you would bring comfort and strength to these families and may they feel your presence. God, we continue to pray for our country and that you would bring unity and harmony. And Father, that you would bring great revival and spiritual awakening. Father, that you would bless all of our leaders on the national level and on the state level and our local leaders. Father, give them wisdom and guidance. And Father, bless all of the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ and bless missionaries serving all across the world. Help us, Lord, to continue to navigate through this pandemic. Give us wisdom that we would keep in step with your spirit, never running ahead of you nor lagging behind you. Keep us in perfect step with you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might move in a mighty way today. Lord, if there are those watching who have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, that today might be the day of salvation, that today someone would repent from their sin and come to know Jesus Christ in a real and personal way, and they would experience the life-changing life-saving power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just ask now that you would continue to guide us through this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists, and God, speak through your word and through your servant that your voice might be heard and our lives might be transformed to be more like Jesus. For it is in the strong and the holy and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible nearby, I invite you to find your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 42. And again, I'm grateful for all of our musicians here today. Thank you all so much for being here to lead us. You all sound great, and I know you're singing along at home. Begin with verse 1 of Psalm 42. This is a familiar psalm to many of you, but it certainly has meaning for us today. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. me down 
deserve it, still you give yourself away. beautiful, powerful message that God loves us so much that he pursues us and longs to have a relationship with us. So thank you all for reminding us of the great love of God. Every week I like to start with uh, something on the lighter side, a little humor. Uh, this is more of a funny story than a, a joke, but a friend sent me that he likes going to Walmart with his wife and he lets her off at the door and he just stays out in his car in the parking lot, and he said, inevitably, every time when he goes, he sees people come out of the store, and they have lost their car, and they don't remember where they parked. And so he said, for entertainment, 
when they hold up their remote and start pressing, he begins to honk his horn. And he said he watches him try to find out. So if you're looking for something to do over the holidays, then uh, you can go to Walmart parking lot and beep your horn when someone, no, I'm kidding you, you don't want to do that. But this is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a season that is uh, practiced by a lot of Christian churches. It's a time of expectant waiting and celebration of the nativity of Jesus Christ at Christmas. The word Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. This season allows us to share in the ancient longing of the coming of the Messiah and for us today to be alert, to be watching for the second coming of Jesus Christ. But in our scripture passage today, we see the psalmist who is being pursued and oppressed by an enemy. And in this passage, it could be David, it could be a son of Korah, which was a Levitical choir appointed by David. It could have been a director of the choir who was writing, but we know that they were longing to be back at the temple and to be at the altar worshiping God and to feel his presence. And maybe that's how you feel today. You feel as though you're being pursued by the enemy. Well, we know 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us who the real enemy is. Peter wrote, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know that's who the real enemy is, but we know too that the devil can take on many different forms. And today, maybe your enemy has taken on the form of this virus, and you feel as though this virus is pursuing you and oppressing you. It's possible today that your enemy has taken on the form of depression. During the holidays, under normal circumstances, people battle depression. Think about it. Even more now, all the more because we maybe cannot be with loved ones during the holiday season or be with friends and so maybe you're battling depression. Maybe the enemy is anxiety. You can't sleep at night because you have become so anxious during this season. Maybe your enemy has taken on the form of an addiction. So many people right now are battling alcohol or drug addiction. People are trying to self-medicate because they're hurting, because they're anxious because they're depressed. Maybe this enemy has taken on the form of loneliness. I think about all the people that are going to Kroger and Walmart right now just so they can be around people. People used to do that under normal circumstances. They would press a cart around the store for maybe an hour or so just to have interaction with other people. But maybe you are experiencing attack from the enemy in some form today. And I believe we're all wanting the same thing today. I believe we're all wanting for things to get back to normal. I think we're wanting to get back to school and to get back to work and to get back to church and to get back to our family gatherings, to get back to celebrating the holidays like we always have celebrated. We're all wanting the same thing, but yet we are having to wait. And this morning, I want us to look at this psalm and how the psalmist was able to share his heart. And I pray that this passage would give you and me hope. As Bill shared, this is the first Sunday of Advent, and we have now lit the candle of hope. And I believe there's not a person watching today that doesn't need hope in some form. And I pray today that God would speak to you through this passage of Scripture, because I believe in order for us to have 
hope, we must first have a heart for God. We must have a heart for God. The psalmist wrote in this familiar passage in verse 1, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O my God. Verse 2, my soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with him? Well, the images of a deer who is being pursued or hunted by hunters, and they see a stream of water, and they go and they begin to lap up that water. They need this water for survival. We too need water for survival. Not only for our physical bodies we need water, but we also need the living water of God for our spiritual bodies. When I say the spiritual water of God, I'm talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We are to have a longing for the Spirit of God in our lives. We must desire, we must thirst after, we must pant after the Spirit of God. We must have a heart for God. Do you remember back in the Old Testament when God was raising up David to become Israel's next king. And, and remember Saul, the anointing had gone off of him. And, and now he was leading Samuel to anoint David as Israel's next king. And, and you remember that Samuel was looking for a, a big, tall, handsome type person who would come to, to lead Israel. And, and the Lord's spoke to him in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. It says, The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we know that David was a man after God's own heart. Have you ever heard people say, such and such is a person uh, after God's own heart. They really have a heart for God. What do you think it means when someone says they really have a heart for God? Well, I believe, first of all, they have a love relationship with God. They have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that they desire to obey God and His Word. I believe they have the desire, the thirst to live for God who is willing to die for you and for me. I believe they have a desire to serve God in some form of ministry, whether it's in their jobs or at work or, or at home or at school or on their team or with their friends or in the church. But we must have a desire to serve God. But I want to ask you today, do you have a heart for God? We know that the psalmist had a heart for God, desired to be in God's presence and to be restored into God's presence at the temple. And we know in Psalm 63:1, when being pursued by a deadly enemy, that the psalmist wrote, You, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. And we know, he said, my soul thirsts for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That was a metaphor for the great need that was before him, that he was thirsting and longing for God in a dry and weary land. And I pray that we would thirst for, long for, pant for God in a dry and weary land. I think about in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, the very last chapter of the Bible in the book of Revelation. It said, the spirit and the bride say, come. Come all those who are thirsty. Come to him. And whoever wishes, take the free gift of the water of life. And so we know that we are to thirst for and to crave for, to Paint for to have a heart for God. I read the story about a 20-something-year-old young man who wrote these words. He said, I feel like a failure 
because I'm struggling to become the person that I'm supposed to be, and I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm struggling to become the person I'm supposed to be, and I don't even know what that is. And he went on to say, I'm just doing enough to get by. Well, I want to share with you what I tell my children often, and I've told you on many occasions, we are more than what we do. We get our identity in Jesus Christ. And I pray today, if you're feeling like a failure and you feel like you don't know what God wants you to do with your life, first and foremost, you have a heart for God and know that God will bless you and he will show you what his perfect will is for your life, but you have to trust in him. I believe today if we want hope, the same hope that the psalmist had, we must have a heart for God. But we also must secondly be honest before God. We must be honest before God. If you would read on in our passage of Scripture, he said in verse 3, My tears have been my food both day and night, while people have said to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one and how he longed to be back in God's house. My tears have been my food both day and night. Have you been crying yourself to sleep during this season? Maybe you've had a lot of days where tears have been your food both day and night, where not only have people said to you, but maybe you've even asked, where are you, God? Maybe that's where you are right now. It's okay to have tears. Now, we don't want to have unhealthy tears, but tears is a natural way that God has given us to express grief and heartache and pain. And we know that Jesus wept in John chapter 11, verse 35. It says Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus had died. So tears can be therapeutic. We read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. And so it's okay to have some tears. But maybe you've been questioning, where are you, God? And it's possible that you've even become angry at God during this season. But we need to be honest with God. Many of you remember when Rick Warren wrote the book Purpose Driven Life, there was a chapter that was called When God Seems Distant. And in this passage, or in this chapter rather, he began to share what we can do when we feel God is nowhere to be found or when God is distant. He said, first of all, God is real no matter how you feel. God is real no matter how you feel. And then he began to share some things that we can do when we feel like God is distant. He said, first of all, tell God exactly how you feel. Tell God exactly how you feel. So many times people say, well, I was taught never to question God, and I was taught never to get angry at God. God would rather you talk to him than not. He would rather you communicate exactly. He already knows how we feel anyway. So we must tell God exactly how we feel. Do you remember Job in the Old Testament who was an upright man who feared God and shunned evil, yet Job lost all of his Ten children, he lost his livestock, he lost his home, he lost his own health. And Job said in Job chapter 7, verse 11, he said, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. So know that Job, even though he was a righteous and godly man, he said, I won't keep silent. He told God exactly how he felt. Won't you tell God exactly how you feel? Another thing he said we can do when God seems distant is to focus on God and his unchanging nature. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we need to focus on how much God loves us today. 
Focus on how good God is. Focus on God that he promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Focus that God has a plan for your life and for mine. And know that he has an unchanging nature. We read in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we know that we must focus on God instead of focusing on our challenges, focusing on how big our problem is. Let's focus on how big God is and that he is greater than any challenge that we face today. But another thing he said we can do is trust God to keep his promises. That we trust God to keep his promises. Job once again said in Job chapter 23, verse 12, he said, I have not departed from the commands of your lips. And he went on to say that I have kept these words from your mouth in my life. And so he was saying, I trust in your promises. And I know that if I do that, you're going to help us through this difficult season. And I believe that during this pandemic, don't you believe that God is helping you and me to grow in our faith? Don't you believe that we are becoming maybe more mature in our relationship with him? It's not for, uh, for not. I think he really wants us to grow closer to him during this challenging time that we're in. But then another thing that he tells us, we need to remember everything that God has done for you and for me. We need to remember everything that God has done for you and me. You've heard me say it over and over. If God never did another thing for us, he's already done enough when he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross. If he never answered another prayer, God has already given us enough. Would we remember what God has done for you and me? I read in a book that Chuck Swindoll wrote years ago called Hope Again. And in that book, he shared the story of a couple, Ed and Nancy. And Ed and Nancy, while they were at church, practicing on their Christmas program. This is in December of 1995. While they were at church practicing on their annual Christmas program, their house burned to the ground. To make this story even a little bit more sad and complicated, three months prior to their house burning to the ground, Nancy's dear friend, Barb, passed away. She was a widow already living with two teenagers, Jeff and Katie. And before she passed away, she asked her dear friend Nancy if she would take care of her children when she passed from cancer. And so to make this story even more sad, not only did Ed and Nancy, Huizinga's house burned to the ground, but this was also the home of these teenagers who had just moved in and the house burned down right here at Christmas time. And so as irony would have it or the workings of God, Jeff and Katie's home that they had lived with their mother had not sold yet. And so the day after the Huizinga's house had burned to the ground, they were able to move back into Jeff and Katie's home the very next night. And about a week after the house burnt down, some neighbors assembled a team to sift through the, the remains to see if there was any valuables left in the ruins of the house that had burned. And, and they found a piece of paper. A piece of paper had survived. And, and on that paper, it said, commitment is realizing that God has given us everything we need for our current happiness. That's, that piece of paper survived, and that's what it said. Contentment is realizing that God has already given us everything we need for our current happiness. Ed and Nancy felt like that God was speaking to them through a burning bush. 
They felt like that God, who they thought had been absent, was very much real and that he very much is still in control. And I want that to give you hope today. Maybe you feel like your life is just crumbled all around you and you feel like that God doesn't care and that God doesn't love you. Well, that's a devil's lie. God does care and God does love you. We love you as a church family and know that he has already given us and provided for us so that we don't have to worry and we don't have to fret even during this difficult and trying time. But not only do we have to be honest before God, but lastly, we must place our hope in God. In verse 5, the psalmist says, Why are you uh, so disturbed? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That's beautiful words. We see the, the psalmist almost talking to himself at first, trying to encourage himself not to be upset or not to be depressed. And he said, why, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? But he knew the answer. He, he was giving the, the remedy for his own ailment, for his own situation. He said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And that's good advice for you and me today, that we would place our hope in God, for we will yet praise him, our Savior and our God. Are you doing that today? Are you able to put your hope in God instead of putting hope in your own strength and putting hope in your own intelligence and intelligence and putting hope in our government or putting hope in your financial gain or putting hope in things that are temporary. When we put our hope in God, he's eternal and he'll never fail you and he'll never fail me. But it says, you know, the psalmist, he, he wanted to get back to church he wanted to get back and, and be in the presence of God at the temple so he would praise him with, with joy and to praise him with praise and thanksgiving among the festive throng. He looked forward to doing that. And that's what he was hoping to do. Dr. David Jeremiah said, God is blessed by worship. God is blessed by worship. He said one of the healthiest things that people can do when they are sad or, or when they are fearful or when they are distraught is to worship God. That's one of the healthiest things people can do when they are sad, when they're fearful, or when they are distraught. God blesses worship. And I pray today that you and I would continue to worship God, that we would have Hope, because God has given us hope through Jesus Christ. I think about what Rick Warren said. He said, hope is as essential to people as air and water. He said, you need hope to cope. We all need hope to cope to get through what we're going through. Rick Warren went on to say that Dr. Bernie Siegel, when ministering to or, or carrying caring for cancer patients. He said he would ask cancer patients, do you want to live to be 100? And he said those patients that answered yes, they had a hope and a God-given purpose in the depths of their soul. And he said those people that answered yes to the question, I'd like to live to be 100, had a higher survival rate than those that said no. People have to have hope and know that God has given us a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we know that the Bible teaches in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, 
we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, what is the hope which is our anchor? It's Jesus Christ. Just as a ship puts an anchor down to hold the ship in position, we cast our anchor up into the heavens, knowing that through Jesus Christ, he holds our lives in position even when the winds and waters of the troubles that we're going through rocks us. He sustains us when we are connected with him. And maybe you're watching today and you've never experienced the peace and the hope that calms the angry storm that's going on around us. You can do that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Do you have that hope today knowing that one day the Bible teaches us we're all going to die? We all have a determined amount of time on this earth. And then what? And then we're either going to go to an eternal life or an eternal death. And my prayer is that every single one of us would experience eternal life. And the way you have that is by confessing your sin to Christ. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. But you don't have to live in the guilt of your past and past mistakes and sin because God has set you free through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. He'll forgive you today. All you have to do is ask. Or maybe you feel like you're in a hopeless situation. You've been hoping that this craziness is going to end soon, but you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're ready to throw in the towel, and you're ready to give up. And that's exactly what the devil would want you to do. You know, my, my heart aches as my daughter shared with me yesterday that a friend let her know that one of her classmates took his own life over the weekend. And when I think that a 15-year-old feels like things are so bad that they have to take their own life, my heart breaks. And I shared with my children, I said, nothing is ever so bad that you feel like life's not worth living because Jesus died so that we might have life. As a matter of fact, John 10, 10, he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And we're praying for this family of this young man. My heart goes out. I don't know what was going on in his life. And I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I want you to know that God loves you and you have hope. You have hope when you place your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is cry out to him. Tell him exactly how you feel, and God will meet you and me right where you are and right where we are, and he will lift us up. Aren't you ready to experience that life? Aren't you ready to experience that hope even now as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment, if there are folks watching today and they're feeling hopeless, they're feeling overwhelmed, they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, they don't believe this season is ever going to pass, oh God, may they see the hope of Christ. Father, our nation needs hope. Our world needs hope. Our families need hope. Our schools need hope. Our Churches need hope. We all need hope, God. And I pray right now that if there's someone that's never fully given their lives to Jesus, that right now would be the day of salvation, that they might pray a simple prayer, much like this one, to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. 
I invite you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Lord, if they could pray a prayer much like that or from their own, in their own words, Lord, may this be the beginning of eternal life. Father, maybe there are Christians who have grown weary. They've grown angry. They've grown bitter. They've grown resentful. Lord, I pray today that you would cleanse our hearts, that our heart would be right with you, and that we would have a heart for you, O oh God, and that you would use us to live out your perfect plan and your purpose for our lives. Lord, maybe there are folks that have been watching and they want to unite with this church family as a, as a family did just a couple of Sundays ago, and, and they want to contact us, Lord, and, and be a part of this family of faith. God, we would welcome them with open arms because we know this season is going to end. And Father, there are better days ahead, brighter days ahead. And all we must do is place our hope and trust and faith completely in you. And know, God, that you'll bring us through. So help us, O oh God, right now to allow your spirit to enter in and to convict us and to draw us and to transform us in your likeness. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victory we're trusting you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite you to join us as we sing a hymn of commitment, invitation. This is a time for you and God to do business and to give him your all as he has given his all to you and me. Won't you make your decision even now? All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily.
That's our prayer that we would all surrender our all to Christ, our sin, our guilt, our past, our pain, our worry, our fear, our anxiety, our addiction, our marital problems, our financial woes, our praise, our adoration, our glory, our thanksgiving. We give it all to him because he is a big God who wants to meet you and me right where we are. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I pray that you would have received hope during this service and that you would be encouraged that God is with us. He's faithful, and he's going to bring us through this difficult season. He's going to bring the victory. We must continue to keep our eyes fixed upon him. Uh, don't forget that each week, uh, we have a Wednesday night prayer service, and we'll be doing that virtually for the time being at 6 o'clock. I hope you'll join us for worship. Uh, normally, I send out questions on Sunday afternoon. We did not last week. Don't have them for this week. We'll get back to that next Sunday, but we hope you'll enjoy time with your family. want to remind you that on December the 20th, We'll be having our annual Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We normally do a walk to the manger. The manger is out in the foyer. If you feel led to bring that offering by between now and the 20th, you can do so, or you can bring it by on the 20th. As of right now, we're planning to be back in person on the 20th unless something changes, but we're trying our best to comply and do everything we can do to keep you and your family safe. I know the, the COVID numbers continue to rise, and so we're doing our best to protect you and your family, as there are many folks within our church family that are battling COVID, and we want to remember them in our prayers. But thank you so much for worshiping. I pray you and your family had a blessed Thanksgiving. Now we're preparing our hearts for the Christmas season. Don't forget, God loves you and we love you very much. Bill, at this time, if you would lead us in a closing song. <laughs> 